Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, everyone. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. How are you? I'm good. The gang is back together. <laughs> um, happy belated birthday, Tane. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Back to reality. So do you want to tell everybody what you did for your birthday? Yes. Um, I and 17 people who are close to my heart went to Cuba. It's an unusual location, but I think that's what I was going for. And we just got a big house and we just did a lot of things. And it was a lot of fun and I felt very loved. And it was a good time. It was a good time. I cried tears. I laughed laughs. I did things and it was a memory I would never forget. And then, you know, my nephew was there, so it was fun. It was good. It was good. And then you came back to real life. I'm sorry. It's okay. Real life is not <laughs> so bad. It's not so bad. You know, before we move forward, how about our guest hosts? I Come in. No, watch the show. Just kick it ass. <laughs> Kicking ass! I got—I just listened to the episode with Ali, and it was—it was wonderful. It's just different to listen to it and just enjoy and nod my head. And I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> I think at some point I started texting you guys. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So my favorite you. thing that Ali said, which was on Patreon, was when she said that um, Alexis was her signature breasty pink self. <laughs> I know we had a listener comment on that. It was like, can we have Ali all the time? I fell on the floor when she said breasty pink. I know it was good. <laughs> Thank you again, Ali and Nana. Thank you for stepping in. But we back. Oh, did you have a good week? I did. I don't remember anything that happened, but I had a great week. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm back to reality and we're moving and packing is not fun. So yeah, my house is in disarray right now. But the exciting thing that happened, our BravoCon tickets came in. Exciting. Everybody was posting their BravoCon tickets. And I knew you were moving. So I was like, I have to confirm that the tickets came to our house before she moves. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. I know. And the schedule also came out. It's a little overwhelming, like you said. It is a little overwhelming. We are super excited to be going to BravoCon, and we know some of you are going. So just message us like while we're there. We'll see if we can find a way to find each other. Uh, message us on Instagram. We're going to monitor it. Um, we're not doing an official meetup because we don't know where or when we would do such a thing. <laughs> that schedule is packed. It is very, very, very packed. So we'll see. We'll see. It should be an experience. I'm ready to go all in with that. Okay, so back to business as usual. Any housekeeping to share with the people? You guys, Patreon is about to be real fun. So next week, we are going to do 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, cover the first four episodes, tell you what we think. 
Ever After is one of my favorite of the spinoffs. You sound like there's a but. <laughs> I mean, I'm very attached to OG 90 Day Fiance. Okay. Um, and Happily Ever After is very uneven in that there are couples that I'm really interested in and like, I don't know about Big Ed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll also have After Party up on Patreon next week as usual. Yes, yes, yes. Exciting stuff. I have thoughts already on some of these couples, but I can't wait to talk about them with you. Cool. So uh, talking of couples, what's going on with all of these people in maths, especially for the week before? Because I really didn't tell the people last week what was going on. Girl, the week before I was not in, in pocket. I was out of pocket. <laughs> so I have no idea what happened the week before. But I'll give an update on the things that I caught. Um. Steve posted, Steve Moy posted something, um, you know, a picture with his, you know, his family's large and he has a lot of nieces and nephews. Wait, I'm actually, does he only have nieces? I actually don't recall nephews, but I'm just going to say nieces and nephews and I'll probably find out what's right afterwards. And he said and captioned it like looking for a future aunt to help with my nieces and nephew and Bao responded like, oh, look at you exploiting the kids and blah, blah, blah. And it made me think of, there was a question while I was out. Someone asked me from one, they put in parentheses, former Steve fan. <laughs> I'm not former yet. I'm, I haven't graduated to that level. Does the live, laugh, love Instagram persona change how you view him um, for her? And this is from Rachel. Hi, Rachel. She, um, he instantly switched from dream man to never in a million years. Um, I'm going to, I just, I chose to answer this here. I, 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 I get it. I see how Steve can be annoying. And for those who don't know, the live, laugh, love persona is what I accuse Mark the shark of being just the quotes and my life is going to be better. And wah, wah, wah. I didn't mean to use that tone, but maybe I did. But I mean, it really is. <laughs> Mark the Shark's Instagram is so annoying. And I know it's just me because I don't care for, f I mean, one inspirational quote was one thing. That man does like five a day. It's not just you. It's pretty juvenile as far as I'm concerned. Like he's a, I don't know. I, I don't get it. But Steve does it and it's not as annoying to me. So what it reminds me of is I do have a friend who, doesn't watch the show but listens to our podcast and she always comments to me and says i would never date a man like steve like the man like steve is just not it and i feel like this is proving her right like the persona that he is right now but to answer the question is maybe i'm not seeing it enough or maybe i haven't seen it a lot but i'm not annoyed he just seems like a man who is getting over a heartbreak and it doesn't bother me yet so when he does i'll be sure to let you guys know um, Taylor from the DC season constantly talks about how maths was a terrible experience. She regrets it. Um, I think at some point, oh, I guess this is something from the week before she had a friend who passed away and I'm guessing she didn't get to see the friend because she was filming maths and she said something about one of the biggest regrets of my life. And this time she was giving a shout out to a friend who had a birthday and she said once again, that maths sucked. And this friend was there for all the stupid shit that they made me do. I'm confused about the timeline with the friend. She didn't get to see the friend because of maths. I think um, she was shooting or wasn't able to go for something that the friend had or something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe something Did major. The friend I don't died know. recently or like after maths? I think recently. 
You need sense. Okay, see, this is the type of stuff where I'm confused. I'm like, it's been at least two, three years since you were on maps. So you missed something three years ago and you regret it? That's an interesting stance to take. Well, here's my thing. I always hate when people shit on the show that put them on. Like, for example, I don't know if you ever watched Top Model. So the um, Yaya was a model. She was like Eva's competition when Eva Marcel won the season. Did you ever watch it? Oh, yes. I watched those cycles. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So Yaya is now not a big-time actress, but she's an actress. Like, she gets parts and she does things and whatever. And, you know, she talks about it. And I'm always like, you know, without top model that was a platform like just even if you hate it just don't shit talk it it just really grinds my gears like when people do that so now yeah maps wasn't really a platform per se but you do get some endorsements you wouldn't get an endorsement if you were just a lab i don't know what was she a research assistant or something like it's because of maps so it was an experience it wasn't a good experience but let's not keep going over and over and over again about it. It is what it is. I don't know. I just... I agree. I think the part it's, it's confusing for us because it's like Marie, we would not be following you if it wasn't for maps. So why are you complaining about maps? I like how you called her Marie. <laughs> What's her name? Taylor. That is that um, is her Instagram name. It is Marie Taylor, but <laughs> I get it. Um, Noi, you know, I just skip over it. Noi always has a video. Noi is always talking about something, but I stopped on this because she was talking about 10 ways to support someone with PMDD. And I'm like, "Uh, what is that? So I had to Google and it was premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, I read up about it. I've never heard of it, but it's something that she suffers from. And she gave like five videos um, talking about it. So I guess I was educated in a way. So if anyone knew about it, uh, great. If anyone doesn't know about it, you can read up on it. I don't think I would do it justice explaining. I just kind of glanced through to see what it was. But that's what Noi was talking about this week. And finally, Brianna sh- showed a picture of herself when she was just three months pregnant. And you can tell like she looked like she was much further along. I think, you know, when they showed their pregnancy announcement, everyone was like, oh, she's about to pop and all that kind of stuff. But she mentioned that she has fibroids. So she showed really, really early. And, you know, people making comments about it kind of just hurt her feelings. Like you never know what people are going through. So just keep the comments to yourself. Because I remember at the beginning, everyone was like, oh, you're due. And she's like, she doesn't know when her due date is like, it's going to be, but it's still for a while. And we're like, uh, how? But I guess that's why, like her fibroids. (laughs) You keep on saying everybody. And I'm like, me and you. We said all these things. Well, I mean, yeah, we're included in everybody. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> when I saw her post, I felt a little bad. I was like, see what you did? See what you did? Talking about, oh, you're so large. I also have fibroids. And I'm like, oh, look what you did to your fellow fibroid sufferer. I felt bad. I know. I know. <laughs> and they're so common. Because I know she had said something about um, she's going through medical issues and it's not even the high blood pressure that that's regulated. And I was like, oh, I hope she's okay. But yeah, fibroids are just, you know, there's something in the African-American community. You know, I've suffered from them too. And um, I remember my doctor saying one in four African-American women suffer with that. And I don't know if that's increased now or if the stats still remain the same. So, yeah. I once went to visit somebody who had three visitors in her house, all black women. Mm -hmm. And the four of us sat down to dinner and it just came out that every two had had fibroid surgery one had fibroids. I had fibroids. I was like, this is crazy. Everybody has fibroids. Yeah. I, if, if I, I have no stats or anything, I would say three and four. 
to be honest with you. And the thing about them is as you have the surgery, they there's nothing to stop them. They just keep growing and they keep coming back. Like I've done surgery like three times for it and it just keeps coming back. And the thing that they tell you is like, it's more about the positioning. I didn't mean to turn this into like a med school type situation, but it's like, depends. Like if it's in a place where it's not bothering you, it's not large in size or whatever, just reduce the number of surgeries you could have. Because if not, you just keep having surgeries and it just keeps coming back. If you're lucky, it doesn't, but sometimes it just depends on the size and where it's positioned and if it's not affecting you, but yeah. That, that's the, what you just said is why my doctor was like, nope, we're not doing surgery for you. She's like, we'll take them out if you decide to have kids. But you... she's like, yeah, because what's going to happen is I'm going to take them out and they're going to come back again. I was like, okay, I guess we'll keep them. You are so lucky because most doctors are so surgery happy. Every little thing. Okay, we're cutting into you. They make it sound like we're just going to cut into steak or something. It's a human body. So <laughs> it, it never terrible. goes back to its factory. <laughs> it's factory settings. <laughs> So, you know. Oh, that wasn't meant to be funny, but you sure did say it's like a steak or something. I don't know. They were so oh. happy about it. They always sound happy about it too. Like, uh, hello, it's me. But anyways. But that's all I have for Mapsland update. And I'm excited. There's a lot going on. Ada, I'm so excited to talk about this episode. I will tell you why I'm so excited to talk about this episode. Because this episode made me realize that this season ranks high for me. In the this rankings. was a high water episode. I will yeah. say, um, and I'm sure it'll come up, but were there anything about last week that you had strong feelings on that you want to get out before we get into this week? So because I watched them all together, it is blurring for me. But I think what I the major thing for me last week is what I want to talk about this week. Alexis is not getting enough flack for me. <laughs> I, I am so I'm so heated about it. That was the major thing that, you know, I had flack for. Um, was last week when the roses thing happened? When she shoved it to the ground, Morgan? I just, I'm sorry. Someone wrote us a review that was like, do you guys know the difference between the ground and the floor? Wow. <laughs> I was like, I guess I don't. Thanks for letting me know. I mean, what did we say? Is it because of the roses? Like, yes, we, I guess we kept on saying the ground, the floor. She threw them on the ground. She threw them on the floor. Listen, no, <laughs> no. I mean, why are we nitpicking to the surface that is beneath the, where the feet are? <laughs> you get the gist. <laughs> you get the gist. I had all of these thoughts when I was listening to the episode, but now they're all blurring together. So I don't like I literally did a marathon of last week's episode and after party and then this week's episode and then i listen to the episodes and the after party so everything is a blur to me so <laughs> i'm sure it'll come to me as we go through the episode oh i just one thing i wanted to comment on that i think ali mentioned like you know the how how cute lindy and miguel are and i was like we did say that like as much as they argue there's like a love and a fondness between them that's so cute so True. I will say in defense of the person who asked us about the ground of the floor, they gave us a five-star review. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> we'll try to be conscious of the ground and the floor. <laughs> okay. So going into this week's episode, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why you would call, this could turn a person into like, this is a good season. And I I don't, I would never call this a bad season. Um, but if we were to rank again, I still don't know where it would fall. I need to see it through the end. 
I'll say, okay, it ranks high because it's different and it could just be circumstance. It could be a case of we've had like a series of seasons that have just been, uh, like this is what we've been asking for, where it's a mix of the love and they can keep the drama. I get it. It's a TV show. It's a business, but it's not just like the focus is not just on the drama. It's a mix of everything that we've been asking for. And I get it. I, maybe it's the whole San Diego thing, but it just has a vibe that makes me not feel bogged down. I don't feel like it's a new episode. Ugh. Like I'm actually excited and I don't feel let down after I watch the episode. Okay. I feel like these people all come with normal people baggage. Not like, please stay away from other humans. You're a danger baggage. <laughs> I can agree to that. All right. So we start with, they showed some of last week and I'm telling you, Tane, were it not for you, I would just not know how bad of an interrupter Justin is. Because the part <laughs> they were showing Lindy talking, Lindy kept on saying things, and Justin was like, oh, yeah, me too. Uh-huh. I'm like, Justin, shut up. <laughs> um, and speaking of Justin, we pick up just where we left off. I appreciated this because the last time Alexis and Justin got into a fight, they just went into the episode. So I'm glad that they... Finished this argument. The only part that didn't make sense is that last week on After Party, Alexis said there was awkwardness on the bus on the ride home. So I was like, well, if you resolved it here, then why was there awkwardness on the ride home? Um, there's a lot of car noise in the background while they're getting into their resolution. And they they just, they have a conversation about how she doesn't understand how we got to the point where they're in separate places, having like venting about each other. And he said in the moment, he felt like he was fucking up. And her body language looked like she was shut down. She was just sitting there. And she's like, but I'm at dinner and I'm saying I don't have anything to say. Why is this like such a thing? And she's like, well, when you're sitting there with nothing to say, do you not see like how that throws me for a curveball? And she says, but I do see. He's he's like telling, he's explaining his thought process. And he says, maybe she just doesn't want to call me out. And that's why he kept on whispering to her. And she's like, he implies that he just wanted to know if she was okay. And she said, well, if you want to know if I'm okay, you can ask me if I'm okay. Because what you said was, are you sure you don't want to tell them about my progress? That doesn't seem like you're checking on me. And, <laughs> and he like doesn't like that she said my progress. No, 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 our progress. They resolve it. They hug. You know, she gave him some instructions for the future. And then he starts crying and it's done. But can I say though, when they were talking about that, my, unless my memory is fuzzy, I honestly thought that was what he asked was, are you okay? I don't remember him saying or asking, are you sure you don't want to tell them about our progress? I just remember him, he was whispering and he was saying, are you okay? Are you not? Because Alexis can say that, she technically said nothing, but her body language is very loud and it shifted and it was saying a lot of things without words coming out of her mouth. So, I mean, I didn't go back to rewatch, but that was what my memory she, told me. Both things are true. Okay. Yes, her body language changed. And I think Allie mentioned this last week about, does this conversation need to happen in front of everybody? Mm. Uh, so maybe she just wanted the conversation to be taken offline, but he did ask about the progress and he did kind of want, 
I think at dinner he wanted someone to affirm that they had made, he wanted her to affirm that they had made progress for the crowd and she wasn't doing that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think she just connected. I was more interested in what made her body language shift. And I think it was a, it was a domino effect of Kristen. She wanted to do what Kristen did. Like, I'm not going to give you props. (laughs) And Kristen is not Mitch. I mean, Mitch is not Justin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mitch is not Justin. Well, I was about to say in good ways and bad, but actually no, only in good ways at this point. Um, So we do a little round robin of everybody. Mitch and Kristen are at Korean barbecue, which I guess is a little bit of a theme for San Diego because uh, the doomed Morgan and Ben had uh, Korean barbecue. In the house. have you done Korean barbecue? Yes, ma'am. It is good. Very good. Um, Northern Virginia is known for its Korean barbecue, so you have like multiple options out here. It's good. It's good. I only did it one time, but I, I think I had the meat sweats after. <laughs> <laughs> I had it in California. I don't remember what city. I was there for work and went somewhere, and I had it in Northern Virginia also. So both were good. So people, if you haven't tried Korean barbecue, listen to the people of Maps and go. So there's a boys meetup. There's a girls meetup. Lindy tells Morgan, oh, I've missed you. I was like, how many days has it been since the anniversary for you to be talking about I miss you? <laughs> Morgan says, well, I met up with Alexis. And after talking to her, I feel like Ben was lying. He's going behind my back. And Ben lied about talking to Justin. Um, so Ben is with the boys and he's telling his side and he's like, well, when we argue, I can't get a word in because she's so strong and I can't say anything right. So then he holds it in and he felt like he had no one to talk to. And Mitch makes my point from last week, which is you're going to talk to somebody and who else are you going to talk to besides the person who's also married to a stranger? Um, and Justin is like, no, no, no. I know that I lied. <laughs> Nate, Nate was like, um, it isn't like Justin in an interview says that he knows that Ben lied, but it isn't like the brother cheated. (laughs) Justin has a lot of disdain for Morgan. In his interview, he says that Morgan is looking for someone who meets her list um, and to watch her back, but she's not interested in reciprocating. And she's not ready for marriage. People in glass houses should not be throwing stones. No one on this show should be saying someone else is not ready for marriage. Uh, Sorry, I got to agree with Justin here. Uh, Morgan is not ready. <laughs> and it's not even a case of she's not ready to be married to Ben. I she's not ready. There's a lot to unpack. I completely agree with Ali. Like this reaction is too big. There's a lot she needs to sort out within herself before she can add someone into her life. I, and I don't know what that is. Morgan just she's very barky. <laughs> um. <laughs> So we go back to Morgan talking to the girls and this thing is Morgan, there's space for Morgan to be right in all of this, but her reaction is outsized. So she's like telling the girls, you knew that I took you back after the first time you backstabbed me. That's some big, big words for whatever Ben did on the honeymoon. Big words. She's like lying and backstabbing. I'm like, did this man swindle her out of money? Like he just talked to his friend and then, This is wild. (laughs) Someone sent us a message asking, like, do we know what her dad did to her? Because the way 
she now talks a lot about how if anyone does something to me, I'm cutting them off. Well, now we have more context. Like you could just say her name wrong. And she's like, you've wronged me and I'm cutting you off for life. So we, we do whatever it is, I think has, is part of the effect of what's bothering. I think she said that herself, like her relationship with her dad kind of causes her not to trust people, but I'm sure it's private, but I wish we knew what it was because it seems to be very deep rooted and it's affecting her now. Yep. These are all questions. We don't know from the very beginning when she said, I gave my dad a list of things and like, and I asked, I wonder what that list of things is, but we just do not know. Yeah. I mean, even her friend knew her friend was like, I know you. In an interview, Lindy has a little bit of grace for Ben and she says that he's still figuring stuff out and he needs to figure it out and then maybe he can be a good husband, I guess. Morgan tells the group that they're separated, her and Ben, and that she's moved out. And Lindy's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why do you use that why do you use that voice, Aid? Because <laughs> um, that's that's Lindy's voice. Stasia <laughs> says, oh, he's not reaching out to you? And she says it's been radio silence. Ben tells the guys that they have to talk to Dr. Pepper. And Mitch is like, maybe that'll help um, Morgan see that she's being a bit unfair. And maybe she'll be willing to work on herself and give you some grace. Ben says something about finishing the eight weeks and making a decision from that. And Morgan feels like in her Dr. Pepper session, she needs to defend herself because he'll keep on lying. I don't know what she's defending herself from. Uh, I was really hoping the girls would give her a point of view, but I also have to recognize that they can only go by what she tells them. It's whatever story you're hearing and that's what you go by. And I would like to, you know, last week, I could not be convinced that Ben was really doing anything that bad. This week, I actually think Ben might have done. I'm more willing to concede that Ben is not like innocent. No, he's not. He's but not. Morgan's reaction is just too much. Um, Here's the thing. Ben fucked up. One, the first time, I wouldn't say he fucked up because it's all new. You're on the honeymoon. You just heard this. And then you went ahead and then you told, you know, the person you were closest to an experiment. Then you find out, you know, you never know where anyone's trigger boundaries or anything is. She told you what they were. She said, would like to keep it between us and all that kind of good stuff. And then you went again and went to go tell him again, Alexis and Justin are not getting enough flack because first of all, they told Justin, keep it in your house. Like everybody pillow talks, but it's not for you to go run your mouth. I don't know what Alexis intent was. I don't buy the, you would want to know thing. Cause I don't know. We can talk about that um, later down the line. But I think Morgan held on to the fact that he kept lying about it and saying he wasn't saying anything. And apparently he talked to Mitch also. I think that came out. Miguel. Oh, Miguel as well. So I don't know. So that's why he was wrong. But then now her reaction is what is, you know, the focus. Because now she's just like mean about it. Yeah. Kristen says in an interview, Morgan wants to be a wife and she thinks that she brings a lot to the table. I'm like, you must be seeing something I'm not seeing, (laughs) but that she's tired and she needs some help. And so Ben tells the guys that he feels so bad that he's lost seven pounds. (laughs) Ben is not large. Seven pounds is a significant weight loss for a person that size. Mm, I think some of it was water weight. The guys, not the guys, I'm sorry. The girls rally Morgan and say, you know, 
they come in with their capes trying to save the day talking about let's go to the guy to Stasia and Nate's house where the guys are meeting and uh talk to Ben so the guy the girls come down or the girls go and they put on the drama music and the clown music and we see Ben looking unhappy and then they, we see them sitting down and Nate Nate my hero I don't want to give him too much I almost said Nate my god um <laughs> So Nate does a very measured interview of Morgan. He's like, what was your breaking point? And she talks about the honeymoon and then to find out that he's been lying to me this entire time. And Mitch says, so what was the daily lie? And she says, the going to Justin and saying that I never told him anything. And then she tells the biggest lie of all where she says, well, if he would have told me, it would have been better. Hmm. You forbade him like a child of t- of talking to Justin. Why do you, uh, that whole statement makes no sense. And it's a lie. Oh, well, if you would have just told me, I would have been less mad. You are a barky little chihuahua. You're always mad. Yeah. It's, it's just unfortunate. Cause I just wonder what would have been her out if this didn't happen. I think she also accused him of saying, like he said negative things about her family. Like she's jealous of him having a good family. Like, even if Alexis was relaying that message, why would you tell someone that? That leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. I think also it was wrong because my understanding of what was said is that Ben said that she was upset that his family was perfect, Mm. which is different from saying there's something negative about her family. Yeah. But it's still bad very bad <laughs> then actually i don't think it's that bad i think it's bad i think it can be a very logical observation uh, that's jealous is a strong word i think that's what it is like if you just like envious of the fact that she has a perfect like and then the word perfect no one's family's perfect like it's just hyperboles i think I, I don't know it doesn't even sound right did he really do you think he said that I think he probably said something comparing their different families. Hmm. And then by the time it's gone through the the rigmarole and the speakerphone, then it turns into you're jealous of my family. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. If Alexis had told maybe any other girl, maybe, but she literally handed Morgan an out. She was looking for an out and you handed it over to her. It was just the wrong person to share this information with. And then to text her again and say, oh, he's sitting in my house right now. Again, I'm very, very curious about the intent of it all. It just, mm. yeah. I think, okay, when Alexis called and said he's in my house, I felt like she was trying to break the cycle of telephone. Because it was very, here we go again. Here's Ben back at my house talking to Justin, saying things that maybe he shouldn't be saying. Um, Instead of continuing the cycle, let me just call her right now and say the man is here. And maybe she thought that there could be an open conversation, the four of them, the two of them, whatever. But it just turned into Morgan yelling at him to get the hell out of there. I think what she should have done was tell Justin, Justin, do not entertain this conversation and tell him, go tell your wife. Like, I don't think it's healthy for us to have this conversation. And then he leaves. I just, you have to have an idea of who Morgan is now. She had a good read on people the first day. So you knew what you were doing. 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to beat this a dead horse. I just, there's something about that. And that's why I'm so annoyed that no one is digging deep. No one is asking even Nate, when you're calling her out, call Alexis out, ask, ask Justin, why are you spreading this? I don't know. They should have just done more. So Nate, the questioner, cause he did have good questions. Asks Morgan, what's up with the hostility? He straight out says it. Ben seems like a cool, calm, and collected guy, and all I see is Morgan hella pissed all the time. In an interview, Nate says that Morgan has a, a personality of never being satisfied. She'll never believe Ben. Mm-hmm. And Nate makes the excellent point that when Ben is talking to Justin, he's not talking to Justin at you. In the sense that a person can do an action that's that you can that she is perceiving as something that is against her. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily make it true. Yeah. Morgan is stuck on like, because uh, Nate brings up, you know, we're having an abnormal experience. Why can't he talk to somebody? And she says, because we're having an abnormal experience, the person who should have my back is my husband. I'm just like, dude, I don't get it. I, I, I know well, we just keep she, on saying the same thing. Yes, but she's not wrong. I, I get that part. I think the person should have her back, but it all sounds so hypocritical because she talks to the girls. So I don't know. And if you don't want things to be, you came on TV. What did you think was going to, it's so weird to me. (laughs) It's so weird. If you don't want certain things coming out, if you don't want certain things discussed, don't come on national TV to get married. That is a side effect of that happening. And it's not like she keeps mum when she's with the girls. So I'm just really, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, like I said, we're going around in circles, so, yeah. Tane, here's a question. Something that switched for me this episode is that Ben took responsibility, apologized all over himself, said he signed up for therapy. The fact, is, is Ben so beaten down that he's just sorry? Or I'm guessing that Ben knows that no matter what this outsized reaction from Morgan is, he did do something wrong. Yes. Um, as much as Morgan is not ready for marriage, Ben is not ready for marriage. I think my exact notes are, I am so irritated that Ben is taking all the blame. I'm going to therapy. I'm going to this. Remember in the very beginning when I said what I didn't like about Ben was like, he just seemed childlike. Yes. I don't think he's mature enough. So I don't, he knows he did something wrong, but he's also having a big reaction on the opposite spectrum. He's overcompensating. I don't care what you did. You did not, like Justin said, you didn't cheat on the girl. You didn't take her money. No one deserves to be spoken to that way. And I'm so pissed off at him. Like, stand up and say, listen, I know I broke your trust, but we can have a civil conversation because she knew how to have one with Nate. I mean, Nate didn't break her trust, but still, <laughs> she knew she knew how to have a conversation. Like, it's just like, no one deserves to be spoken to, like, and treated the way that she's treating him, I guess. They could have a conversation. You can be mad at him, but what is that all that for? So what you're saying is Ben could say he's sorry for where he's done wrong. Yes. But I need to be followed up with, but I don't like the way you're talking to me. Yes. I don't like the way you've treated me. Yes. And that and would be a justified thing for him to say, but he's not saying that. Yes, and don't go to therapy because of Morgan. Go to therapy for yourself, but not because of someone who clearly hates you. Why are you in therapy? Because the person I hate is here and I'm hoping to win her. But what? What? Gosh. Um, So everybody has to meet with Dr. Pepper. And we start with Morgan and Ben, where they have a very awkward, where he's sitting there writing something and Morgan walks in and can't even say hello like a normal human being. 
Um, so Dr. Pepper breaks the silence by knocking the door and Dr. Pepper sits down and is like, well, I know what's happened here. Um, and Dr. Pepper asked Ben like what happened. And he said he, he thought that he didn't have expectations coming into marriage, but he did. And he was overly judgmental and said, sensitive and that he was scared of her. <laughs> and that's why he went behind her back and lied to her. And I'm like, why was he scared of her? Because she started with the recriminations and the yelling and the yes. And he also said, um, Dr. Barber said something about Ben coming from a world where a, a wife is not a friend and that there should be a husband and wife against the world. Dr. Pepper says that he excluded her from knowing what he was thinking and feeling by, you know, talking to Justin, I guess. But then she whips around and says, Morgan's not off the hook either. And Morgan is ready with her. Well, maybe I should have made a safer space for him. And maybe he would have been more comfortable talking to me about it. But then she starts talking about her trust. And then they zoom into Ben's knuckles clutching. (laughs) (laughs) He's white knuckling. Uh, and Morgan is like, this is what he does with his clean slate that I gave to him. The precious gift I gave to him after the honeymoon. Man, that horse is high. Dr. Pepper. Okay, now this annoyed me. Because Dr. Pepper is like, we think an exercise that would be good for you is writing your childhood letter. Where you are in your relationship, this will be a good. Only to find out that everybody's writing a letter this week. <laughs> so what does it have to do with them? <laughs> I was like, are they going a week early? But yeah, it was everybody. Uh, talking of which, this is how much, you know, we've watched maps. This letter writing exercise is very early in the season. Usually it's like the second to last before decision day. Oh yeah, that's true. I was wondering about that. I was like, is it time for that yet? Which is episode 11. Hmm. But the sex toys and such are next week. And usually they would be before the letter. So maybe they're mixing up the order. Dang it. We missed it last season. Now we have to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, watch out for ball gags. Um, Nate and Stasha sit down with Dr. Pepper and they are dressed matching. I'm sorry, coordinated, not necessarily matching. Um, Ripped white jeans on the bottom, denim on top. Can I tell you that I saw a tweet that said Tia and Tamara matching in their denim? (laughs) Twitter is cold, man. Twitter is cold. (laughs) It cracked me the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) They just have a discussion about Stasia and her speed, Nate and his deliberation, if we will. Um, You asked me earlier if anything stood out. Now I have something because I put a note on here. Nate saying, I love you. That threw me to the ground. (laughs) Because we were at a four when I left. And when I came back, there was an I love you. (laughs) The the turnaround was quick. It was very quick. quick. Very, very quick. But yes, carry on. (laughs) So they talk about how women talk and over and Okay, then they say, Dr. Pepper's like, because we have to talk about how Nate doesn't have a mother. Can't, Can't go an episode without it. How he grew up in a house where there was no talking between men and women. Then later on in the episode, he mentions his dad separating from a wife. Yeah. So I was like, so there was a female figure in his house? So Dr. Pepper, what are you saying? Yep. I mean, unless he wasn't in the house by the time he had, I don't know. It was very confusing. Because I was like, Maria? And they mentioned her name a couple of times. Like, okay, we going to talk about Maria? We don't talk about Maria. <sighs> so... Dr. Pepper says they need to hold hands during tough discussions and Stasha about falls out because her mom told her to do the same thing. And uh, 
we we really like Mama Stacy. We really do. Um, so she talks about how they're a team and the problem is the problem and the team is going to address the problem. Then we find out that they have had sex. Good for them. Yeah. And she asks Stasha, does it make you feel more married? Oh, it does it make you feel more secure or less secure? And Stasha says more. I will say my favorite in their segment was when they were talking about the progress and Dr. Pepper just tells Stasha, you didn't marry you. I think I was like, mm, I got to tell myself that too. But I was like, this is why we keep, this is why we keep Dr. Pepper around because I was coming off the disappointment. Cause I don't think I was expecting the Dr. Pepper treatment on Morgan. And I don't think she did enough of that unless it was edited. So when we came back to Nate and Stasha, I was like, okay, Dr. Pepper, this is why we keep you around. I really like that. Okay. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, next up is Kristen and Mitch. Something about Kristen and Mitch, they're now my like number one couple. I just love them so much and I want them to work out so bad. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know what happened, but there's a certain joy in my heart um, because I just feel like Mitch grows so much and I just, I love it. Um, um, so, okay. I have notes. <laughs> they recount their situation. Mitch not feeling it in the beginning. She trying to overcompensate so that he doesn't leave. Then her being like, wait a second, I'm important too. So Dr. Pepper gives some advice on not walking on eggshells and um, what how, what does he need to do to feel, for you to feel like he's putting, you know, in what you're putting in. And Kristen has some questions. And I thought they were very like normal questions. She was a little um, forceful. Push it, yeah. And she says, do you wish that you've gotten a different wife? And I don't need an I love you, but I mean, I could fall in love with you would be nice. And Dr. Pepper is like, that's demanding. And like, that may not be the best way to go about this. And you need to change what, not what you're saying, but how you're saying it in terms of saying what you need, instead of saying like, you haven't done this, if you will. Um, And you'll get a better response from him. Well, you're more likely to get a better response. And then Dr. Pepper asks Mitch, do you admire and feel affection for her? And he's very quick to say yes. Um, And then she's like, do you say that? And then he stumbles. So Dr. Pepper tells him to say nice things, starts out a little weak. And Kristen looks very much like she's on edge waiting for him to screw this up. But then he kept on going and he said some very genuine things about how he was afraid and how she's much more brave. And Dr. Pepper says to Mitch that he gets scared, critical, and self-righteous. And that he could work on that and still be himself. Okay. Let me interrupt here. So, you know, in the very beginning when she asked about how their journey was and Kristen says talking about the honeymoon, the fact that she was still emotional about that, that made it hard. that, That was hard to ignore for me. I'm like, wow, this is still weighing heavy on her heart. And then going to the Mitch's nice words about her, I did not like them, Aid. I am not a fan of nice words that are related to service. He kept saying, you're brave, you're stronger than I am. Do you remember Love is Blind when um, Jared was supposed to say stuff about Yana? You're strong, (laughs) you're this. Those were all the only things he was saying about Kristen, and I don't like that. I don't like when it's in relation to, I don't know, what's this called? Like, give me some unique characteristics about me that you've learned in the past, I don't know, it's 24 days left till decision day. You've had enough time, a month and some. 
So I was Stuff not a fan. That has nothing to do with your relation to me. Yes. Like, it's almost like, oh man, you're a hard worker, B. You've worked so hard to keep me and, you know, adjust to my, you know, I was like, mm. so I didn't think it was nice, but I, I'm probably on an island on my own. But Dr. Pepper tells Mitch that if he takes on his fear, he can love her. And that if they work through the fears together, the spark will be there. If there's a couple that's like my happy couple, it's Kristen and Mitch. And if there's a couple that is just doom, it's Justin and Alexis. What did I miss? How did Kristen and Mitch be your happy couple? Because as far as I'm concerned, they're they're faking it. The only time we get happy is on after party. And that's because Mitch is so likable on after party. But when they're here, she's telling us everything's great. And then we turn around and it's like, well, we can't do it. Even the preview for next week, they're doomed again. I know, but let's get through this episode because they have more good stuff later. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, Justin and Alexis, Dr. Pepper asked for an update. And uh, uh, Justin says it's been an emotional day and he needs Alexis to tell it. So Alexis says that the dog, Maya at camp has gotten a bad report and so she needs to stay at camp longer. And I, is, is Maya ever coming home? <laughs> I'm so bad because before he said the story, I was like, Dr. Pepper hasn't even sat down. Why are you crying? I didn't know what it was. <laughs> then when he said it, I was like, okay, you know what? If ever there was a time, I, I, I we can't relate, but we know how people feel about their dogs. Like that has to be a lot to know. But I thought he went to a friend. Why wasn't he just with a friend or his brother? The dog? Yeah. Because she still needs to be trained, I guess, to make sure she doesn't bite other dogs. Oh, I thought the, oh, okay. So there's still hope. I thought the trainer was like, there's no hope. Okay. That was how I said she needs to hang out longer until she's more consistent. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. My bad. My bad. Okay. I think that, well. So then why was he, no. Okay. I misunderstood. I thought he was crying because he was, she was never coming back. (laughs) And that's what he had. Because if she just needs longer training, was that sad? She's getting better. It's like if you send your loved one to, I don't know if this is a good correlation, to a rehab, like you miss them, but they're coming out better because it's for the better. So that's why I misunderstood and thought that was it. Because she said he's going to, um, Alexa said he's going to the farm or whatever, which I just thought, that's it. And that's why he was sad. (laughs) I think it was, look, the longer this so-called training takes, the more. (laughs) the more likely it is that the training is not going to get the outcome. So the trainer's like, oh, let her stay longer. We'll work harder. We'll get her more consistent. And I think Justin is rightly understanding that, wait, so the first round didn't work. Now we're going to try a second round. Instead of rehab, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's why, because it's Justin and he's emotional and sad. And I think he sees the writing on the wall that Maya might not ever be cured of her, whatever she has. Oh, okay. I know we're going to get a lot of um, education from uh, dog people. So we're willing, well, I'm willing to find out what they think about it. But I hope MAPS is, or Lifetime is footing the bill for the They better. (laughs) Because I know, I don't think Justin can afford that. They better. So there's a long discussion about Justin and Sunday and he felt alone and She's sensitive and strong black women. And sometimes you don't want to see people to see you sweat. She's never seen her mom cry in her life. But the strong black woman thing is what she saw growing up. And weakness is affiliated with tears. And 
vulnerabilities, danger, um, and that being vulnerable will lead to the, if I show you everything, you can play me however you want to play me. I, I, I think the way I said that may have sounded like I was like not taking Alexis seriously. Um, I was taking her seriously, but I did feel it's a little redundant. Like I've heard it all before. Yeah. So Dr. Prepper says there's no way to be in a marriage without being vulnerable and it shouldn't scare you and you should be strong enough to, that's some reverse psychology. See, you're not strong if you're not vulnerable. You're strong if you are vulnerable. <laughs> what did you think? Um, I think this couple is DOA. So I'm kind of getting tired. It Their felt like, <laughs> yeah, it felt like who's the couple last season where they were just arguing about the same thing. And it was like, okay, guys, uh, Lindsay and Mark. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. And now I spent I half like my I could have said three different couples, by the way, that was just the first one. No, it was, it was Lindsay and Mark. Cause they were fighting about the same thing. I feel like I know why Justin is fighting for this. I don't know why Alexis is still trying. And I spend half my time trying to analyze that because I just tune out when they're going on and on because one person is speaking French, the other person is speaking, I don't know, maybe French, but a different dialect. They just cannot communicate together. It's not, it's not, it's not going through. And I don't know how they can do that in how many weeks. It's like they do a lot of talking to make no progress. But then why didn't Dr. Pepper ask them about intimacy? I don't know. I mean, the thing the thing about these sessions is they show us so little, but they may come back in a month and she did ask them. <laughs> um, I mean, but it's important because of after party. I'm guessing they're producing them side by side, so it makes sense. And she asked Nate and Stasha. It didn't add to their story, but I just think, you know, with all the bumps and rows, you know, how's your intimacy? It just would have made sense. So anyways. So next up, everybody's got to write their letters. So and part... With the letter writing, it's not only letter writing, it's also childhood stuff. This whole thing made me very confused about who grew up within driving distance and who didn't. Um, but so when someone is, I guess, didn't grow up within driving distance, we come up with an activity um, to like represent their childhood with varying degrees of success. Yeah. So we actually start with Mitch and Kristen. So Mitch and Kristen, and she takes him to play softball. Um, he asked her what other sports, um, that she played and she listed a whole bunch, track and volleyball. And she was sporty, she was sporty spice. Um, in an interview, Kristen is like, I don't think Mitch is the next Jackie Robinson. I actually really love that. That was the person who Kristen chose to, to, to display as like someone who is very good at hitting a ball with a bat. Um, she says catching is not his strong point. But he was decent at hitting and running bases. So they sit down and she talks about how being on the field brings back to like childhood memories. Okay, something I noted is that Kristen was trying to tell her story and Mitch kept on interrupting with his guesses that are the wrong thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so he's like, oh, good memories of playing childhood sports. And she's like, no, my parents were really hard on me. And if I made a mistake during the game... You know, her parents would talk to her and it would start in the car. And it wasn't just, there was no room for error. It wasn't just sports. It was also grades. It was everything. You have to be perfect. You have to be perfect. You have to be perfect. Um, I once read a really interesting article about how you can basically ruin your child's enjoyment of all sports by the car ride home. That car ride home is very, very crucial in terms of like what parents say. Um, if you get on your child for every mistake they made in the sporty sporties, 
in the car ride home, you will ruin their enjoyment of the sport. Hmm. Um, so she talks about how there was pressure. And at one point she had a job and they're like, oh, well, you have to pick the job or the sports. And she went with the job. And I'm sure she went with the job because she was tired of being yelled at. <laughs> um, Mitch says that everything sounds hard. And he says his childhood was the opposite. It, You know, I'm like, there's got to be the happy middle between the parents who like make you be perfect and the parents who are borderline neglectful. Because that's what it sounds like Mitch was saying. Hmm. No one was paying attention. No one had any expectations. Just whatever you want to do. But I mean, it really made me realize like how great these exercises are because you could truly see why Kristen and Mitch are the way they are. Like Mitch is just, I wouldn't say a free spirit, but he just is just doing whatever he wants to do. Which in so many ways is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, And actually, I mean, it doesn't, does it contribute to their some of their incompatibilities? Definitely. Yeah. But maybe there's a balance there. They can find it. So next, Dr. Pepper sits down with Lindy and Miguel. They have made cookies. You guys, I used to bake a lot. Those cookies were a bit of a mess. Um, mm-hmm. I, my notes are literally, those needed more baking powder. There's too mm-hmm. much spreading. Did they chill their butter? I am smacking your fingers right now. Stop nitpicking. They at least offered her something and they had something laid out. Good job, Lindy and Miguel. I'm like, if you're going to make cookies like that, you know, you can just do the break and bakes. Um, Those usually turn out perfect, no matter your skill level. Um, uh, Talking of people's kitchen skills, they say their marriage is going well. Lindy always has some story that sounds so flipping irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) so she talks about cooking some onions and peppers and he tells her not to add the spinach till later and apparently that was a problem and i'm like what no i think in context it made sense she was saying how she gets defensive and she gave that as an example and i thought it was a good example like he was just making a comment and she just took it like oh this is like a whole thing and she needs to work on that okay um dr pepper asks um, have you said I love you? And then they just look at each other awkwardly. And, make, uh, and then Lindy says, not yet. Um, I And I think we'll be sure at some point. And there's more to grow, blah, blah, blah. Miguel in an interview says, yeah, everybody likes to hear I love you. But he knows when he says it. He's a romantic. It's very important. He'll get around to it. It sounds like he'll get around to it. One last thing about Lindy and Miguel. So going back to the onions and peppers and things, I think after saying that, she said, I'm insecure. And I think at the moment she said it, it dawned on me that I do think this season's couples are self-aware, save for Morgan. But a lot of them usually just say things like, Stasha will tell you I'm an overanalyzer. Oh, I can be intense and I can be this or X, Y, Z. I think there's a level of awareness that they possess within themselves. I agree. I think that they are probably some of the most self-aware people we've ever had, but it is never enough to just know your issue. Like, what are you going to do to address it? Yep. But that's the hard part. It's kind of like you, everybody knows what to do to lose weight, just work out, you need less calories, but it's so hard to implement. So that's the hard part. So next we have Justin talking to Alexis about his childhood. And um, he says that his brother raised him there, which 
the story we heard is that Justin moved away from his family. And I was like, where are we? Well, um, later he moved. After, after the college. After the engagement broke off. Then he yes, moved after away. the broken engagement, he moved out here. And I think we had interpreted that to mean California away from Alabama. But that he, seems to not be the case. No, no, no. That's, that He moved to a completely different state for away from California. Oh, okay. Yes. But where I was confused was I thought he was in Alabama. Because when he was flying the kite, I was like, oh, is he's a transplant. But then he said he grew up in the area. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to try and figure this out anymore. No. Yeah. So he talked, he talked about how he and his brother lived in apartments. They'd be out for hours. Uh, he'd be out for hours. And his brother actually didn't bring him to the park that he was at. That was a really nice park. And he said he would fly a kite. Um, I just loved him talking about flying the kite and everything. And Alexis was, I did not appreciate Alexis's reaction to flying the kite. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's some things that Justin does that should like, you, you're like, okay, that's a little, but this didn't warrant however her reaction was. And I'm like, okay. But again, it's because she's checked out. I think they're DOA too. Uh, I think, yeah, I'd agree. So he talks about how they had one king size bed and she asked the crucial question, like, how old was your brother when he was raising you? And he said his brother was 19 and he was 13. No matter what Justin said about his brother's parenting from that point forward, I was going to be very low judgment because mm-hmm. a 19-year-old has no capability. Maybe there's one or two very special ones out there. Yeah. Almost every other 19-year-old has no capability to be raising a teenage boy. Yep. It is not party of five. But... I think the producers did a disservice of not kind of explaining why his brother had to raise him. I don't know if it's their plan to make people watch after party, but it just, that's my, that's my, one of my issues with this season is just a lot of things seem incomplete. I mean, it's every season, but that's every season. I was going to say it's a lot of the seasons, but I think this season Especially if you watch After Party and you're just like, okay, so why wasn't this? It just seems, inco- I don't know. It seems higher than normal. Let me put it that way. So Justin explains that his brother, um, you know, when he was raising him, his brother would just kind of tell him when he had a problem to figure it out. So he trained him in his mind to get everything done and like, it, no one's going to help you basically. And Alexis is like, is that why you're so hard on yourself when you don't get things right? And he's like, yep. Um, and Alexis in an interview says, well, he was always told to figure it out. And that's why some of our perspectives don't match. So then they pull out the kite and they fly it. And she's like, and he said, oh, it's been like 10 years since I flew a kite. And she makes some comment about in 23 flying kites. I thought he would be like 16. This kite, I just think I've never flown a kite in my life. Or if I have, I don't remember it. And I think I was just, I think I was like way too projecting here. Cause I'm like, oh, how fun would it be for like someone to fly a kite with me? Anyway, and this woman was just out here just dogging the kite flying. (laughs) And then the kite got stuck in a tree because Alexis's energy got to it. (laughs) That's funny. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are right back with Kristen and Mitch. So I was guessing that Mitch was a transplant, but he's not, kind of, because he tells Kristen that he visited, and I quote, mommy. And I don't know if Kristen felt some type of way because she was like, mommy? She repeated it after him. And he's like, yeah, I visited mom, and she has a bunch of photos. Um, He explained that he lived in Sherman Oaks um, with his dad for a little bit, and we find out that his dad died in 2014. And his rebellion literally started when his dad left that's when his parents divorced and he mentions again that he did not have structure and then Kristen says you know to us that she wishes that she knew some of these things about him before because if she did she could have been more patient with him and I'm like what, like more patient than you already have been because I think she's been patient I don't think she could be more patient yeah so good for her that there's more to be found. So then we move on to Stasha and Nate and Stasha reads her letter to her younger self. They're in what I guess was the apartment complex, but Nate was warming his hands on a fire that I thought was fake. It didn't seem like it was a real fire. (laughs) I'm like, I was really convinced last week that it was very cold in San Diego at the time that they were shooting this. (laughs) They had to do it outdoors, but um, she read her letter, but it was talking about herself wanting to be with the cool kids. I don't think I learned anything about Stasha. Um, Nate read his, and the thing that was the highlight of that was he talks about controlling his temper. Um, and you know, just coming into his own. You know, somewhere along the line, let me ask you this: Do you think that Nate is genuine now, or does he still get the side eye? I think. Nate is genuine. I I don't, yeah, I don't, yes. Okay. So we learn also that he was quiet and he was introverted. Wait and, a second. What do you think? Um, I like Nate. I like, I've always liked Nate. My issue has just always been, I don't know if I trust, I have no facts, but he's so smart and he's so astute. And when he says things, it's like he's on the money, especially also an after party. I like his don't give a fuck attitude. He just says what he thinks, even if the person is there, if it's not, if you disagree, like I like him in general. So, and I really hope they work out. So my guess my answer is, I think he's genuine. I just don't want to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast. We're here every week. We can change our mind every week too. (laughs) So, um, yes. And then, While he's saying that he was quiet and introverted, you know, Stasha chimes in and says that she was also really shy um, to the point where she was quiet also. So Nate finds it interesting what he highlighted when he was reading his letter that he had always felt different um, growing up. Um, Stasha is telling us that she's really surprised at how deep Nate went. And Ada, I got to tell you, I'm still confused at this because Sasha has just always gone at Nate for not being deep. And I've just always felt like he's open. It's just a natural progression of time. Like the more you know someone, the more you open up. I'm not going to meet you and say I had a temper. I was a bad person. I was a bad kid. I was this. I was that. You got to give it time. So good for her, though. She got what she wanted. (laughs) I think that Sasha is going to come to the conclusion. I don't want to I don't know how to say this without sounding negative. There's nothing there. Not because there's nothing to Nate, but people sometimes think that if they just dig, they're going to find something that's like 
hiding underneath. Yeah. I think Nate is actually pretty open. What you see is what you get. What is she looking for? That's what I, I think that's been my question. Like, what is she looking for? Yeah. So. And then I'm like, is she going to like him when she realizes, like, there's no deep mystery to be solved? <laughs> Nate is just Nate. I think she will. She's so smitten. She will. Um, we move on to Lindy and Miguel. Somehow they're at dance class because what is a math season if someone isn't going to dance? So <laughs> Lindy says it represents her freedom. It represents freedom to her because she wasn't allowed to dance. Heard it many times. So she wants Miguel to appreciate the parts of her that are free and easygoing. They dance. Let's for talk about like- genuine. I don't find anything genuine about going to dance class. Someone had to go and they put it on Lindy. And I don't think it's a natural part of her story. Um, <laughs> I kind of bought into it, the whole dancing freedom thing. Okay, so, okay. so yeah, so it was okay. Um, and I'm guessing, you know, she's not from here. So that was her activity. So they dance for what feels like five seconds. And then they go sit down at a table with candlelight at a well-lit dance studio. <laughs> <laughs> It took me a while to realize there wasn't food. It was just two glasses of wine, the candles, and that was it. What was, what was with those wine glasses? I just... They were the plastic ones for Party City. What were they doing? I just... They could have just sat down on the chair and had a conversation, gone to get ice cream and had a... And, okay. So she tells him that she's never seen her parents dance or drink and then randomly, like you said, eating pork in front of her. I didn't know that was a... Jehovah's I, Witness thing, but learn I, something new every day, people. Yes, I did not know either. Well, oh, they're Jehovah Witness. Is that what it is? I thought that's. Well, no, oh. they're Seventh Day Adventists. Sorry. Yes, sorry. I didn't well, know that like, about yeah. Seventh Day Adventists. Yes, I didn't know that either. So, um, I like how she added in front of her, <laughs> like kind of <laughs> insinuating, like you know, they might have slung it. <laughs> and then also, they're not allowed to eat shellfish, so it was very educative. So Miguel says, you know, that they've both done the work to remove themselves from their childhood and become the people that they are. She reads her letter, which is set in her teenage years. And the highlight of it is that she says she's not sorry being raised by other 14-year-olds. This is after, you know, she left her home. That, you know, the good news is that she's out of her toxic home. And everything that she's going through right now is setting her up for the woman that, you know, she's going to be one day it was a really nice letter i liked all of the letters because you know last season we were saying how everybody's letters were like subbing their partners like this is what i don't like about you this is what you need to change (laughs) these people actually were speaking to their younger selves like you could tell like it was genuine so what i was looking for was to learn more about them which is why i said stasha's letter it's things i already knew so that's not her fault but all their letters this seasons were 10 out 10 out of 10 um, I attribute that to the change in timeline because uh, by the time they get to writing the letters, they're getting close to decision day. They've already decided they hate each other. If they hate each other, they're still in exploratory mode. I feel like one month in, which is basically where they are. And I think that's why the letters were better this season. Yeah. Cause now I'm thinking of Bao's letter. Like she already hated Johnny by then. It's like, and it's a feeling like, why would I want to share this with you? I hate you already. So, <laughs> um, so Miguel says that he's curious and eager to see how they're going to raise their children. And Lindy just has the biggest smile. 
And then we see Mitch and Kristen stop by his dad's grave. It was like a, it seemed like it was an add-on because they just pivoted to that. And they were there and he was doing like a selfie cam and saying, this is my wife, Kristen. You would have liked her, that she's so spicy. And they just said hi. It was very, very sweet. It is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on maps. Yeah. He was, it was, it was very cute. Like it's the difference between Mitch being comfortable and in the beginning when he was so obviously uncomfortable and something I forgot to say when you were talking about, um, Kristen's childhood is it was very hard for me to reconcile the mom that we saw with being very hard on her. Do you think the same or can you see it? Not so much with her mom, because I didn't see much personality. But I do think it's interesting that a child who's worried about being... Actually, it actually lines up with her telling her dad at the wedding. <laughs> She's Kristen, Kristen's hang-ups about her her previous you know wedding experience or non-wedding experience, yeah. it actually makes sense how much she focuses so much on how this is some great big failure instead of her being screwed over by a cheater. Yeah. And saving it to like... For the wedding with her dad because doesn't want another opportunity to remind him that she's a failure. Yeah. It it all lines up. Yeah. But also, I've always gotten a not a a off feeling about Kristen and her mom. Even though her mom said all the things mom should say, they didn't appear close. Like, I feel like she had more affection for her dad Mm -hmm. than necessarily her mom. So, I don't know. Maybe there's more there. We don't know. Um, we move back again to Nate and Stasha and not sure why I thought Nate was a transplant. I thought he'd only been there a year, but maybe it was his blonde friend who we have not seen make another appearance. Were we wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Um, correct. He definitely said, I just moved to San Diego at the wedding. Oh God. But I, he didn't say I just moved back to San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't know if they took a road trip. Like, could he have been from somewhere that was three hours away from San Diego? I don't know. They didn't say, but he shows her where he used to live. And, you know, he has a bunch of good memories here. And then, you know, guest appearance, his dad just casually walks up to them. I guess this man was like, you're not filming in my house. Cause I don't know why they didn't go into the house. So I'm not sure if his dad even still lived there. <laughs> you know, that's a good, okay. That's a good point. <laughs> Cause it was just odd to me. They were just standing at a, Oh, Hey dad. I'm like, uh, so his dad walks up to them and tells them how, you know, he's had confrontations with people over Nate and Stasha asks him, you know, how he got through being a single dad. And then his dad starts tearing up. And then he talks about, you know, people always say like, how did you do it? And he says, but those are my kids. And I'm like, again, I thought Nate was an only kid. Thank you. I was like, what are the other children? I was like, what? He said kids. And that's how also we heard about Maria. And I'm like, okay, this is a whole different visual. Because from what we had, it was like, Nate was alone. It was a military. Like, you know, he had to hang out by himself and hang out with friends. Like, if you had siblings, you had people to share this with. Like, even if they were half siblings, like, no, nary a mention of them. So, again, confusion questions never answered. Um, Stasha starts crying and she's using Nate's shirt. Why does Stasha's crying not annoy us? Is it fair? No, it's not fair. And I was I wasn't annoyed at her crying. I was like, really? The bottom of the shirt, not the top of the shirt? Why can't you use your own shirt? Why are you using hair because you like to play with it so much? What is wrong Um, with you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did, I mean, the 
the moment with Nate and his dad was one of the, like, there were just so many good moments this weekend. Between Mitch and his dad and Nate and his dad, I was like, this is so beautiful. Okay, dads. So Nate mentions very casually too, very cool. Like, that's the first time he's seeing his dad cry. It was almost, and you could tell Nate was like, what? What do I do? What is <laughs> happening? Like, right now. And then he starts telling Stasha, you know, about his dad. Like, you know, his dad had to work and but he did the best that he could and all that. And then his dad said something that he thought was a good thing. Like, you know, I try to pass down not showing tears. And as you can see, I'm doing a good job. And I'm like, <laughs> sir, wrong audience. This is not what Stasha wants. <laughs> so, it isn't, But when Nate's dad cried, it made me realize that, like, people will say things about their parents, myself included. Mm -hmm. um but parents are human parents yeah. like grow and evolve and change like the parent whoever was parenting you when you were 12 is not the person parenting you when you're 32 yeah and i felt like him seeing his dad cry was actually like your dad raised you a certain way but clearly he's changed enough to cry on national television talking yeah. about you because he feels that much about you yeah it seems little but that could actually be like a breakthrough for nate like you know you never know but it was sweet all around, all around, it seemed good. Especially when Stasha was like, uh, sir, dad. And she's like, uh -huh, like awkward laugh. And he was like, I'm fine with either one. I was like, oh, <laughs> way to not make it awkward. Because it could have gone left real quick. Um, We'll be right back to talk about, unfortunately, Ben and Morgan. And we're back. It is time for Ben and Morgan to read their letters. I feel like Ben practiced his letters in front of a mirror over and over. But... <laughs> Morgan walks in with the worst body language, stumping in like She-Hulk, like she's angry and ready to fuck shit up. And then she sits down, holding her letter, I might add. And then she goes, do you want to go first? And then Ben's like, uh, uh, okay. He has that scared look and he's just looking at her like, what's wrong? Because her body language was loud. So he reads his letter and he talks about the strict environment, not being good enough. Morgan does not give a fuck. But honestly, I don't blame her because it was pretty similar to what he opened up to her about previously. Do you remember the episode? Mm -hmm. He said pretty much the same thing. Same old stuff. So, <laughs> whenever they were done, Morgan says, yeah, I'm not comfortable reading my letter to you. I'm not comfortable giving you anything personal or deep. And then she walks out. And I don't care if you guys don't like it, but Morgan is trash. Again, my gripe with Morgan, she has a leg to stand on. You don't have a right to treat anybody this way. This guy is in agony. Why did you make him go if you know you weren't going to go? Last I know week. She, she told me. I know she told us that he was going to sit here. She's going to show up and he's going to see how much he hurt her. But I didn't think she was going to carry it out. I knew she was going to carry it out. <laughs> I didn't expect her to carry it out in this manner. And oh. the moment when she said, I'm not reading my letter because I don't trust you. I was like, this is what Ali meant by I wish Alyssa was back. But Ali was wrong because ah. it's not that I wish Alyssa was back. I wish Chris was back. I wish a person would say, this thing is dead. I'm not participating. I want a divorce. That is what either Ben or Morgan needs to do. Because this is nuts. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I I don't know. This, this, and then he just 
took himself to the bedroom and sat on the bed and I don't know what he did afterwards. Why do they keep on doing this to this man? I don't know. <laughs> they always show the post-Morgan beatdown reaction. Always. Always. So we go to Alexis and Justin. They're playing basketball and Alexis is in workout leggings and a crop top and decided not to wear a sports bra because we get a view of her tatas, like in a bra when she reached up to <laughs> make a basket. I'm like, Okay, Lifetime. But she tells him that she's a tomboy and she shares her scrapbook with Justin. Um, She tells him that basketball is important to her because it showed her that you put in hard work and it'll pay off. Um, She shows him younger pictures of herself and then she reads her letter. And she mentions a story where she was struggling to get her groceries in a shared apartment and with her best friend. And her best friend just kept watching TV and she was frustrated and yelled out, aren't you going to help me? And they said, well, you never asked for help. So I stopped offering. So she has decided to stop breaking the cycle of hyper independence. I don't know how she stopped because she's still hyper independent. (laughs) So I think it's a thing she desires, but uh, we're still working towards that. I believe. I I thought. I thought her thing about the basketball and the perseverance, I was like, is this why you're still here? <laughs> like, you're going to finish out these eight weeks with all of your, <laughs> like, the the hard work. If I just work hard enough with this man, maybe we can get somewhere. I, I don't know. That's the way I saw it. I can see that. I mean, human beings ain't shit. And by human beings, I mean myself. A few weeks ago, I gave Alexis props because she was hanging in there and doing her best not to do what she's always done. And now I'm kind of holding it against her. But I mean, I give her props for trying to hang in there, but I don't know what she's hanging in for. But the thing is, Aid, when they're together with other couples, they're still like affectionate. They keep calling each other bae, baby. So they're very up and down. They're very Jasmine and Michael. Jasmina and Michael, sorry. Um, hmm. I don't know that I would do the Jasmine and Michael <laughs> comparison. I don't. I don't quite see that. But okay. uh, I agree with you that there. You call it up and down. I call it confusing because I'm just not sure from moment to moment. Am I supposed to be hopeful for you guys? Yeah. Like when they're sitting there looking at the scrapbooks and it seems like they're connecting. I'm hopeful. When she's shitting on his kite, I'm like, why? You know. It's hard because they're not likable. Like for Mitch and Kristen, <laughs> why are you laughing? It's true. Like it is for, so true. Because for Mitch and Kristen, it's very roller coaster. Like my instinct is to say, Kristen, run, live your best life, flip them houses, fuck them jello shot plastic things. But <laughs> Mitch is so likable. Well, I don't know how he turned it around. And then Kristen is just like, you know, she deserves the best, and you're just rooting for them. But for Justin and Alexis, it's just like, ugh. Like, you know, and I really liked Alexis in the beginning, but right now, maybe it's just they're not bringing out the best in each other. That could be it, but who knows? Anyway, they don't bring out the best in each other, and I never really liked Justin from the beginning. And Alexis was always (laughs) wishy washy. That's true. In this episode, I was not a fan of her. I don't know. I'm just not sold. This whole uh, one more time Morgan thing, bad taste in my mouth. Um, Lindy and Miguel go to a place called House of Puerto Rico. I thought it was a restaurant, but it turned out to be a museum. And it was kind of cool and also hot how much Miguel knew about Puerto Rico. I know it's where it's from, but honestly, I know stuff about, where can I say, Nigeria or whatever. But I can tell you, like, 
the in-depths and all the things or whatever. And he just knew like a lot of stuff. And, you know, I just found it really cool. And he was sharing, and you could tell like he was just proud. He shares to her about being picked on in New York and being picked on in Puerto Rico, just not being enough in either place. He says he hoped for the best and expecting the worst going into the experiment. And then he reads his letter and ends it with, in the end, you are going to find a total babe that you're going to fall madly in love with. And then he turns to Lindy and says, I love you. And then she's taken aback for a second. And then she looks at him and she goes, I love you too. And then they kiss and I thought it was cute. What did you think, Aid? I'm expecting the worst. (laughs) I thought it was cute. Going back to this going to the Puerto Rico house thing, like I liked Miguel talking about himself and between that and the dancing, Lindy and Miguel just had the locations that I felt least connected to. Like it felt like these places had, I don't want to say no meaning, but in comparison to the other couples, it just wasn't the same. I think when you're a transplant, you do the best you can, but you still feel that way for the house of Puerto Rico? I, I mean, I just, that was, that was, it's not your where you played in your childhood. It's, 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 it's a map of where you played in your childhood and you can describe it. And I'm not, I'm not faulting them in any way, shape or form. It's just the thing about maps is also true of 90 day fiance. When you watch everything in order, you can't help but compare. Yes, I, I get it. But I think you have to grade them on a curve in terms of the transplant thing. And I think the dancing, maybe I can see it even though. The dancing thing I kind of saw because the freedom, some people feel free when they dance. So I saw it, but I understand uh, if you didn't buy into it. But the Puerto Rico one, I'm pretty surprised because it was just a huge part of because he didn't speak Spanish when he got there. And that was like a huge formative part of his life where he learned it. He learned the history and then he became proud of it. So I don't know. I bought it. (laughs) So Miguel tells us that it doesn't feel weird to love her and in fact it's one of the easiest things that he's ever done so cute so cute i'm going back to miguel and his description and and it wasn't miguel and stasia and nate something i have learned this episode off topic from watching maths is because i like came here when i was a kid from another country that wasn't even my parents country (laughs) there was this like feeling that i was out of place Mm-hmm. And from watching maths, I've realized that every single child on earth feels out of place. <laughs> and it's a very, I think it's part of puberty. I think it's part of growing up. But if you can find a person who in their adolescence felt like they fit in, I feel like that's like a one in a million. Everybody feels out of place. I don't know. I think the people who peaked in high school probably didn't feel out of place. I don't know about all that. Hmm. I mean, that's fair. Every time people write these letters, every year, everybody talks about how they felt out of place. Stasha was like this amazing athlete in high school, and she still fell out of place. (laughs) I got to tell you, though, Stasha reminded me of Jose. Remember when Jose said he was broke, but his family built a house? (laughs) And Rachel was like, like, broke is like eating rice every day. (laughs) (laughs) So when the more Stasha talked about her history as a humble bee, I was like, Ugh. when you're in sports in high school, it's not cheap, guys. You're paying for stuff. And then when she talks about all the things and she was like, she was trying to fit in with the cool kids. But I was like, but you were in a volleyball team. But then you had a friend who was actually willing to 
for their family taking their house. Like that's not, but I'm, I'm not invalidating her feelings, but I, I, I did have a little bit of eh, there. So uh, it's funny that you brought that up because that was my thought. But I mean, having to move in with your friend is to me very much a sign of like, I don't know. You the fact to. that someone has to take you in, that's a lot. It It's not like she was homeless. She just wanted to finish she out. She want to move. Yeah. But the fact that you actually had someone you could, not a lot of people could do that. So if you, like, my understanding was, like, she had no one, she didn't fit in, she didn't have, you know, whatever. But she says she's been friends with this girl since fifth grade or something. So you had a friend in high school. So, anyways, I'm not questioning her. Like, her story is her story, but I did question her a little bit. <laughs> um, Oh, speaking of, we go to Stasha and Nate, and she says she had humble beginnings, and that's where her ambition came from. Um, She shares that she used to make purses and used to embroider their name in the mall. And then Nate is like, I used to sell purses too. I'm like, I don't know if this is a funny joke, but they really should do a 23andMe because they have way too much in common. <laughs> Everything like, is like, purse sellers were made for each other. Like, I mean, is selling purses a common profession? How do you find somebody who the both of you spent your time selling purses? Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. And then, uh, can I just say, someone tweeted us and then I agree. Nate's sweaters i was here for it all the black and white of it all i don't know where he shops but it really stood out in this scene when they were out they're, they're a very attractive couple together very attractive um, but i have no recollection of his sweater oh it was <laughs> it stood out um then they visited the house that she lived in um with her friend and their parents the mentos and you know she shared the story of how she had a date and the guy honked his horn and Mr. Mentos was like, what are you doing? Like, if someone's coming to pick you up, they have to come to the door and they have to get you in. And she says, like, he taught her she wanted a, fa a father figure and he taught her to respect herself and to be ready. Nate was kind of nervous, but he was just saying all the right things. Nate's this kind of person, I think, in any situation, he would find a way to, to blend in. So it was a good visit. I felt like, uh, yeah, it was a nice visit. I was bored. Um <laughs> <laughs> It was a tad awkward. I can do that, but it was nice. Um, Kristen and Mitch, they are at the beach. Again, they spend a lot of time at the beach. Um, she reads her letter and talks about, you know, putting too much on her plate. The highlight was still have your high standards, but give yourself grace. Um, Mitch reads his letter and it was so good. And he talks about, you know, feeling different. He said, um, his younger self will be proud of who he is and he will feel like he doesn't fit in. He starts to tear up. He says like, you will feel isolated, but it's not because you're different. It's because you don't know how to process your feelings. He talks about wishing that he found his path sooner. Kristen is bawling at this point also. And Kristen says that she was still harboring anger towards him for the beginning um, this was the point where I felt validated because in the beginning when she was crying, I was like, why is she still holding on to that? But she doesn't anymore. And then the reason why she's crying is because she's happy and she has just let it go. So she tells us that she can't believe that something that started out so rocky has turned into this incredible marriage. And I had a side note that was like, I cannot keep up with Kristen with all the superlatives about her marriage. <laughs> Do you not believe her? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. 
it's just, I mean, after, I think it happened after the, they had a fight or they had a thing that she was talking. And then when she was with the girl, she's like, our marriage is 10 over 10. We're having sex like bunnies, wherever. I was like, all right. So we're just going to present things as nice. So I can't take what she says. Seriously. And that was pretty much the end of the very, very wonderful episode. I hope everyone else thought there was a good episode and not just us. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> I went, I had to feel real feelings this week. It's a standout episode. <laughs> and if they succeeded, that's a good episode. So Aid, who has your bouquet for this week? I know you just uh, dogged them a little. <laughs> <laughs> But Kristen and Mitch had my bouquet for the week. I just, I really, first off, I've never seen someone just changing my affection so much over the course of a season. I had a lot of shit to say about Mitch back in the day, but then we have weeks like this and him just opening up so fully to Kristen and being so honest. And the part where he introduced her to his dad was like just one of the best things I've ever seen on maps. And her receptiveness to all of this is just really nice. And when they hugged each other on the beach, my heart just melted. So my bouquet for this week is uh, Mitch and Kristen. So who has your, sorry. No, I was going to say, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not dogging them because remember when I had to turn around, I think I even tweeted, I was like, what is this? What is happening? Am I liking Mitch? And one of our listeners, hi Morgan. She's like, um, I said, I might regret this later for saying this. And she's like, felt cute. My delete later. (laughs) So So I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I think it's a turnaround, but it's just, I think they're not talking about stuff. That's all. So they're reveling in the happy, but not dealing with the bad. So. So who's who's your bouquet? My bouquet goes to Lindy and Miguel. They had me cheesing. It's not a lot of drama. Remember, all we all wanted was, you can keep your drama, but just give us a couple that's just chilling, that's just in their boring life or whatever. They're in a good groove now. I mean, it might be a fake out. It is maths, but it was just nice. I really liked the way Miguel said, I love you. It wasn't like a huge thing, and it was just sweet. And special shout out to Nate for calling Morgan out. Who has your burnt ashes? My burnt ashes go to Morgan and Ben. Morgan needs to stop with her just need. It's like she wants revenge on this man. And there just isn't enough there for this outsized reaction that she's having. And Ben needs to do what um, Chris did last year and see that the thing is dead and cut it off and put us all out of our misery. I don't care to watch three more weeks of them I don't know what they're doing, trying to act like they're married, trying to act like there's something to save here, trying to act like she's ever going to forgive him for being the worst person in the world. Just, (laughs) the thing is dead. Kill it. Time of death. Who has your burn ashes? Uh, Morgan and Ben. Ditto, ditto, (laughs) ditto. Morgan just needs to figure out whatever is going on, and Ben just needs to get a backbone or two and just stand up for himself. And stop taking blame for everything. Jeez. Ah, what a week, what a week. <laughs> uh, glad you're back, Ting. Thank you. Glad we're back together. Reunited and, and it, it feels, feels so good. good. <laughs> I will never sing again on this podcast. I can promise you that. Um, <laughs> that's it for this week, you guys. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That is A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. 
We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we will see you next week for our brand new episode. Bye, guys. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.